I love this song and I'm recording. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Unfiltered with Car Jones Unlimited LLC podcast. Today is Sunday, January 24th, 2021. And I'm so very excited to have my distinguished guest with me today. He's a native Houstonian by the name of Dre Tate. How are you, sir? Hi. I'm good. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> you doing all right? I'm chilling like a villain. I'm good. Chilling like a villain. The gospel recording artist is chilling like a villain. I'm happy to mm -hmm. see that you have a sense of humor, Mr. Tate. More than you know. I think I'm about to find out. You know, it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of people think I'm really laid back. I am laid back. I am kind of like reserved. But those who know me personally know that I am a nut. I love to laugh. I love to make people laugh. Well, you know, that's a good thing. You know, um, I always tell people that laughing is medicine, right? Yeah. And my mom mm -hmm. taught me it's easier yeah, to... Medicine. What'd you say? Some of us can have too much medicine. True, true, true that, true that. But you know, it's easier, as they say, to put on a smile than a frown, right? Mm, okay. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that. It works. It works for a lot of us. So, you know, I wanted the viewers to know how I came to know you because most people who have followed uh, my performing arts company, Car Jones Unlimited LLC, know that. I established it in Alabama in 2016, but I, I came to Houston in 2018, and last year, 2019, I was watching a televised service, and I say service because it was just that, it was a funeral service for the late Mr. George Floyd, and there was a, a wonderful lineup of singers, and then this gentleman here, Dre Tate came on my screen. He was singing this song. What's the name of that song, sir? A Change Gonna Come by the late great Sam Cooke. Exactly. My sweet mom was watching with me and she was like, oh, that's Sam Cooke. She said, no, that can't be Sam, Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, been gone. <laughs> so tell me, <laughs> exactly, right? What? How did this song come about, this remix that you did with Mr. Talkbox? Um, I put the song out January of last year. Uh, just because I wanted to do it, I've always wanted to record the song because I've always been like one of my top favorite songs of all time. Uh, mainly because uh, growing up in school, I was uh, a history buff. I love, especially black history. Uh, I love the stories about the civil rights movement, how our grandfathers and great-grandfathers and great-great-grandfathers and grandmothers struggled for the different rights of, to vote and all that other stuff. And that song, <clears throat> the way I understand, had become an uh, anthem for the civil rights movement at one time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and it was just, it was, it was heart touching. And since I'm not even, even as a little boy, it was hard to, when I heard Sam sing the song and how he sang it with so much soul, uh, me being a soul singer myself, of course, what's from the heart gonna reach the heart. So it reached my little heart back then in the eighties. And uh, when I first heard it in the eighties and the seventies. So I decided, I said, man, I'm gonna record it one day. I don't know exactly when, okay. because a lot of artists recorded it before. Right. So I, it kind of kept me from putting it out. And, and, and a lot of the artists that recorded that song blew it out the water. Like sure. my, one of my favorite renditions is from Seal. Yes, yes, you remember that? Yeah, my favorite rendition is from Seal because it was just sung with so much soul. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go and put it out. And I put it out in January. Okay. And um, when, uh, George Floyd passed away. 
uh, I was asked to uh, perform at the service. And wow. that was the song that was just right for that particular time. And right before we got ready to do it, Melvin Williams uh, called me and he said, man, why don't you think about doing a remix to what you already put out? I said, okay, but what are we going to do? He said, well, get Talkbox to do it. Let Talkbox do his thing on the beginning of it just to give it a flip, not knowing that it was his desk because me and Talkbox, which his real name is Byron Chambers, mm -hmm. we've been friends for a little over 25 years. Wow. But we lost contact. Wow. So this was a way to bring me and, me and Talkbox back together on a song. So it all worked out in this place. Wonderful. Well, the rendition um, that you have published and put out is unbelievable. It's Thank unbelievable. You. And I mean, I know that it has um, toured the world itself in the airwaves millions mm -hmm. of times. Tell me, what was it like for you? What was the response that you received um, to your, I'm going to say, ministerial performance at the funeral? What was the, the media response to you? Who is that guy that did this soul-wrenching song? Uh, this song, you know, with the shades on and that blue suit. Basically. <laughs> yeah, you did have on a blue it's, suit, and you in, you the, had in a, a funny hair in a funny haircut. <laughs> we, we, we won't go there just yet, but I was going to ask you about that slant because I hadn't seen that in a while. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. I just keep it real, um, but you have fun. But uh, yeah, that was it. Was it was crazy because um, being being a part of uh, the Williams brothers is you know press is not nothing that we've been. Uh, we always had press, you know. Especially when I became a Williams brother, it was real press because after all these years, they got a fourth member, you know. So, uh, but when that hit, you talking CNN headline news, and I'm all over those stations, so. The press was so huge, you know, but at the same time, everybody don't know that it was none. I was numb to that. I was numb to that. That didn't, it, it's not that it was an exciting thing. I was numb to it because that was an emotional performance. Mm -hmm. That whole situation was emotional to me because not only was I blessed to honor George Floyd's memory by singing at his service, but a lot of people don't know I knew him personally. How? You know, May so, I ask how? Yeah, I knew George person because uh, me and George grew up in the same neighborhood in Houston, area called Hiram Clark on the south southeast side, Hiram Clark, uh, uh, the Meredith Manor area, Brentwood, and anybody that knows Houston, they knows that area where Madison, the Madison Marlins rain at and everything. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, we used to run the neighborhood over there. We used to, you know, we used to, kids growing up in the streets, you know what I'm saying? And as we grew older, we hanging out at the skating rings and we knew each other like that. We never really knew each other to hang out, but me and him were the same age. So we was kind of like in the same uh, bracket when it comes down to what we do in the neighborhood growing up, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So uh, I didn't see him again until um, a lot of years later. Mm -hmm. I actually was married to his first cousin. His, uh, his uh, first cousin, Sharita, okay. is my wife. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I went to a wedding. I went to his brother's PJ. Uh, went to PJ's wedding, and that's where me and him connected again because she, Sharita, introduced me to him. And when we looked at each other, it was like, man, okay, all right, I remember, man. So. Five years later, uh, after his brother's wedding, he moved to Minnesota. Okay. And next time I saw him was that videotape. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's funny, you know, how life has cycles. And mm -hmm. a lot of times in life, people that, as you spoke, we knew way back when, we, we somehow eventually reconnect with them in one way or another. And, you know, I think that I believed in predestination because I'm a Christian like you, and I believe that all of our steps are ordered. So only right. God knew that even though y'all, you know, were kind of extended, distant friends as children, that one day you would be ministering in song at his funeral. Right. Isn't that something? Right. 
That's crazy. It's amazing how God works, you know, and I'm glad that, you know, you were able to share. Um, I had actually heard your song, your rendition on the radio, Mm -hmm. 102.1, Magic 102.1. And I was like, oh, okay, somebody has, you know, done something with Sam Cook's song. And then I saw you that day on TV. I said, I think that's that man. (laughs) And it was you. So I want to publicly... Um, say thank you for sharing this beautiful, very different and trademark original rendition of this famous song. Because the twist that you put on it is one that I don't think many can replicate without them mentioning your name. Right. And and the crazy thing is nobody nobody thought about hearing Mr. Talkbox do his thing. You know, before nobody would least expect for, for Talkbox to come on saying, you know, you changed the world. Yes, you did. It will never be the same mm-hmm. with a Roger Troutman feel. That was his, exactly. You know, That's it. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm a, I'm a native San Francisco Bay Area girl, right? I'm a Northern Cali girl. And so I grew up with Roger Troutman's music. He was from Vallejo. One of the suburbs not far from where I was. So when I heard that, I was like, that's how I watched Charlie. Right. So right. thank you for mentioning well, that because you know yeah. that sound yeah. is very unique. Very mm-hmm. unique sound. And you y'all put that together. Y'all did that as they said. You did and we did that in about three days. We did the remix, the, the audio recording, and the video in about three days. Studio time. That's that's it. And the thing is, uh, you know, the the original track, all we did was use the original track that I put out in January and okay. and Talkbox did his thing on top of that. So he did he a mixed it kind of like, yeah. Okay. He just added he just added his sounds to uh yeah. the actual recording. And he got another friend that's uh <clears throat> into movie making and video making for some of the big time uh, pop artists and everything. It's all about um, connection and favor. And it's just sometimes you can be connected to the right people at the right time. Right time. You know what I'm saying? You better so say he, it. He sent it to, to our friend and she put the video together. We did, I did a video at my house on my, <laughs> on my phone. What? Nah. <laughs> yeah on my phone and sent it to her and he did the same thing in his studio and she made a video out of it and that actual video played at the service on the big screen. I saw it. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it came out there. So I, I premiered the that remix and video at George Floyd's film. Crazy. Beautiful. Crazy. So... The media response, like I was saying, had to be off the chart. Yeah, they they was really touched. I actually had some press by Don Lemon, actually. Wonderful. CNN, CNN. And, and he yeah, and he uh, talked about the song and how how hard felt it was. Yes. And you got to understand, people were just texting me, texting me, texting me. So I'm like, and that, the crazy thing is, uh, I was numb to it. It, I was the emotions were so high that day, and from the whole situation, I was known to it. I didn't know that uh, Jamie Foxx and and um, uh, all the other celebrity Tank and and, and uh, Neo and yeah. uh, all those. I didn't even know they was in the audience. It didn't matter yeah. to me because right. I didn't see them. Right. I didn't see them. You know, so. And so when all that who blocks was coming out and, and I got Miss Tina uh, uh, knows and well, she's married now, so I can't call that Beyonce's Beyonce's mama. She's posting it, everybody posting it. And everybody like, man, do you see what kind of heat this is getting? I'm like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Cause I was, that was a bittersweet situation for me. I was hurting while I was performing and it took nothing, nobody but God's touch to really get me through that. He had to take, he had to take Andre out of Dre. If I could say that he had to take Andre Tate out of the picture and Dre Tate, the performer, the entertainer Mm -hmm. had to show up literally. 
And the crazy thing, if you look at the video uh, uh, when I sung that, if you paid attention to the end, right before I left off the stage, people say, man, you left off quick. You got up out of there. I think and I remember the that. Thing, yeah, the thing, last thing I said was, God bless you, Floyd. Yeah. And I did my, my signature uh, salute. And at that moment, Andre was about to come back. And I felt the tears going to start oh. coming. And I had to hurry up and get off stage. Yeah, because I didn't want to break. I didn't right. want to. I didn't want to have the Neo breakdown, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to have that. So I got, I got out, of, I had to get out of there. You yeah, held it together. It. You held it together. I, I mean, hard, but I, it was seamless to those of us viewers who were watching, you know, via television and the internet streaming services. It was seamless. Mm -hmm. And I know the family appreciated it. And we thank you for it, you know, in general. But, you know, you, I heard you mention something, and I just want to make sure that everybody who is going to view this, who will listen to it on the various radio channels that the Unfiltered with Cara Jones Unlimited LLC podcast broadcast knows, where and how you got your start singing. When did you start singing, sir? I started locally here in Houston, actually. Hmm. Uh, I had a family group. We was like the Gospel Jackson Fives. Uh, we was called the Tate Family. Yeah, literally, for real. Uh, we was called the Tate Family. Uh, me and three of my other brothers and my sister and my mom and my dad. We was a, we sung around Houston uh, for years. Uh, all of us play instruments. I'm, I was playing guitar. I have a younger brother that plays drums. My older brother plays drums. And uh, my other brother plays bass guitar. And uh, so we... we this is how we grew up. My my dad grew up in the quartet field here in Houston, Texas, sang with a lot of the uh, local quartet groups. Okay. And we grew up listening to them. And and in the eight in the early eighties, he decided uh, to get us together, get his children together, and form a group. And he trained us, you know, on on playing and singing. And we grew up from there, you know. And uh, God blessed us to travel a lot. Uh, a lot of people don't know that we used to travel um, with Casey and Jojo uh, growing up. But yeah. actually, before Casey and Jojo went to Jodeci and, and formed Jodeci, they was Casey and the Haley Singers from what? Charlotte, North Carolina. I have and never heard this yes, before. They're called Casey. Let's look up on YouTube. You, you'll see a lot of Casey. Just look up Casey and the Haley Singers. Okay. It's him. It's him, Jojo, their dad, and cousins, other family members. So uh, we all used to travel together, you know. And uh, once we grew older and my mom and dad decided to break up and they got divorced, we all kind of split up and went doing our own thing. And that's when I joined another group out of Huntsville, Texas, called Wonderful Harmonizers. And then from there, I joined the Bolton Brothers from uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And from there, went to the Williams Brothers. So that's kind of like the whole story in a nutshell, how, how, how I've been doing this for over 30 years now. And, you know, I think the part that baffled me or astounded me the most was when um, I read your bio and I talked with you, you know, um, a little bit before today. And you told me that you have been singing with the Williams Brothers the notorious mm -hmm. gospel group, the Williams Brothers, for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I like the Williams Brothers. I am a fan. But oh, I'm going to... That make I'm, me feel good. <laughs> You're going to smile about it. <laughs> that make me feel good. You're, you're, you're a William Brother fan. Amen. Yes, a Dre Tate fan, too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here talking to me. Come on now. This is good. All right. Um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, IJS, I'm just saying, right? But I'm a I, fan of theirs, and I'll be honest, no offense. You know, I told you this before, no offense. I don't remember you. Mm -hmm. You don't then. remember me? Mm -hmm. And that's good. <clears throat> that's good. I, I, I like that because I get that a lot, uh, that a lot of people don't, because it, it, I wasn't in the forefront to be remembered. See, that's what a lot of people don't know. When I first came to the brothers, I, I first 
became a part of the group back in 97, 98 as their lead guitar player. Yeah, I was their lead guitar player for right at a year. And right at a year's time, they decided to fire me. I got fired because another guitar player that was there previously before me, uh, probably, I, I guess he had a better talent than me or whatever like that. And they wanted his style back and I was let go. But my dream was never to be a, mus a musician for the Williams Brothers. My dream at the age of 9, 10, 11 years old uh, was to, to sing with the Williams Brothers because I actually told my little brother that uh, back in the 80s when the Mighty Clouds of Joy anniversaries come to Houston all the time to the Sam Houston Coliseum downtown Houston, which is not there anymore, uh, the music hall and all that, uh, I told him at that time, after meeting him in, in the uh, in backstage, opening the door up for them to come in from another concert <laughs> to get ready to perform, me and him standing at the door, like we urchins opened the door for all the artists. Aww. And they, they came in, Pop Williams came in first. That, that's when he was alive and he was road manager, manager for the brothers. And Doug, Melvin, Leonard, and Green came in and the musicians. We, they, they all stopped and shaked our hands. Wow. Our, and when they walked on by, I told my little brother, I said, man, I'm going to sing with them one day. Wow. And who would who would have known? You know what I'm saying? But I didn't always start out as an official William brother. For 10 years, I sung in the back. I never was on the album cover or anything like that. So a lot of people wouldn't. But you heard, but this is the thing. And this is this is a God move. Since I've been in the group, I have led on every album that they recorded. I, I had a lead vocal on every album, even when my picture wasn't on the cover. And that's that comes back to my home training on being humble, humble. and waiting your turn. You know, I had many people say, man, you, 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 Dre, man, you, you supposed to be leading. They supposed to have you out in the front. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not, I'm not concerned about none of that. Because I know in God's timing. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. So 2010, after all, after 10 years of singing in the back, dressed with the musicians, dressed like the musicians, not appearing on no album cover, 2010, right before the Live at the Hard Rock album came out, oh. they had a meeting with me and asked me, say, how would you feel about becoming an actual William brother now? I was like, okay. <laughs> no, I was excited. Exactly. <laughs> I was excited. And live at the Hard Rock, the Williams Brothers live at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Biloxi, Mississippi, was the first album that I came out on with my picture on the cover. Wow. Yeah, How did that feel? How did that feel? The transition. It, 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 it was um, it, it was the professional that I am, I couldn't celebrate it until after. Mm -hmm. And, and it was kind of, that was another bittersweet moment for me because that year, 2010, is when I lost my grandfather. Oh, I'm sorry for and that. he's my hero. And he was scheduled to be at the live recording along with my grandmother. And a lot of my family had came from Houston to Mississippi for the recording. And uh, he was supposed to be there. So I never forget, I was professional the whole time, rehearsals. Let's get through the show. But after the show, I came downstairs, heading back to my room, and my whole family and everybody that came from Texas was standing there at the, at the elevator, and the elevator door opened, and they all just started yelling. And uh -huh. I saw my grandmother, and I didn't see my grandfather, and I just broke. Oh, no. It was, it was great. But, but that was a time, that was a moment I'll never forget, one of the greatest, greatest times of my life. That had to be very hard, very extremely hard. I cannot imagine that. It was. I cannot yeah, because imagine. he 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 never got a chance to see uh, me perform with them. No, he did. He got a chance to see me once perform, but he never got a chance to see me as a William brother. Okay. You know, perform. Yeah. Okay. Singing as an actual Williams brother. Right. Right, but he had, he saw us in concert maybe once or twice when we would come to Houston and okay. I would get them shows. But as a William brother and the first live recording that I've ever done with him, no, he never saw it. And he was excited about that, but he passed away before he got a chance Aww. to see it. 
sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. But you know, you have just, when I was going through your discography and reading your bio, I was like, he's been doing some stuff. And you know, (laughs) I I met a lot of artists. I come out of um, Love Center Ministries was the church that I was a member of. I already of. know about it. One of my, one of the greatest singers that ever touched a mic, them doggone Hawkins family, but yes. I know all about it. I am a Hawkinite. All right now. Me too. My daddy made a We listened to Love Alive so many times growing up. It was such, like maybe, and it was on an eight track. Yes, we, we still have them. I got so tired of be grateful. I got so tired of <laughs> that kind of friend. I'm going away. I mean, yep. we listen to that over and over. Love, and love over. one. Yeah. 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 We listen to it a bunch of times. But you know, some good things. Bunch. Some good things came out of it. I learned how one to play the piano listening to that. Four and one five. The, one of the best records ever recorded. Which and one? I will stand behind it. That Love Alive one. Yeah. One of the best awesome one of the most iconic recordings that ever, ever. been made ever. Yes, ever ever i'm talking about gospel r&b you name it one of the best one of the best well you know and if it ain't in the archives right now i'm gonna be mad i'm gonna say this because um that's one thing i like about hawkins music the hawkins family and the love alive you know, series mm-hmm. is that um, Bishop Walter Hawkins, the late Bishop Walter Hawkins, gospel legend, and um, the late Reverend Dr. Edwin Hawkins, they had mm-hmm. a sound that was most unique. They ushered right. in contemporary gospel music to the mm-hmm. music scene, right? And mm-hmm. that's one thing. Um, that stands out for me. I mean, I love all genres of music. I'm a multi-genre kind of girl. That's what I call myself, mm-hmm. right? And I played, mm-hmm. I played all genres as well. And, you mm-hmm. know, but for me, what stands out for me, I like traditional, anything. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to gospel, there's something about the uniqueness of the way the chord structure was written and put mm-hmm. together. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this thing that you did with Change Gonna Come. Mm-hmm. Their music, when you hear it, just like that song, and I know you have more to come, um, mm-hmm. you cannot um, mistake it for any other artist or group. You know who that is when you hear that sound. Authentic sound. Right, authentic sound. Authentic, authentic. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just wanted to thank you for sharing the history of your journey Mm -hmm. because you and I both know a lot of um, local music artists, you know, in various cities across the globe aspire to be recording artists. And Mm -hmm. many of them start like you. They started singing either solo, as children, adolescents with their families or in the church. A lot mm-hmm. of singers, and as you know, and we're going to talk about this, I didn't forget, you know, mm-hmm. the the music started where? In the church, gospel In the church. church. Yeah, gospel in the church. In the slave fields and in the church, right? right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, and I say this to encourage all of you aspiring artists and those of you who are on the up, you know, and coming mm-hmm. up right now, you got to pay your dues sometimes. Sometimes you just get plucked out and you be a star immediately. But most of these artists that you see me interviewing, like Dre Tate, they paid their dues. He was a background guitarist. And then he was invited to the front of the stage. Y'all hear me? Exactly. So I just want people to be encouraged. Don't think like your day is never going to come. It's going to come if you don't give up. Right, the race is not given to who the swift nor the strong, but to the one who endured to the end. So just stay with it, stay with it now. As we're talking about this history of gospel music, you have done a lot of traveling globally, 
right. outside of your own name as a solo artist, Dre Tate, outside of the Williams Brothers group. You also traveled with another entity and you were just singing, you were teaching. What was that all about? Or what was that group? Well, uh, Melvin and uh, his manager, Bridget Fleury, uh, decided to uh, embark upon another opportunity that would take us global mm. outside of the Williams Brothers. So uh, uh, Melvin, Bridget, Castro Coleman, who is uh, Mr. Sip in the blues era now. Okay. Um, uh, Castro and myself, the four of us uh, took a month tour uh, under the guidance of the United States State Department. Uh, they had a uh, they had a, a program called the Rhythm Road, uh, and what wow. we did was we traveled Russia, Turkmenistan, Azerbaijan, and the Republic of Georgia. Uh, teaching gospel music to those who never heard of it. So it's like a coach exchange program. Basically what right. it did, we, we did a lot of master classes along mm -hmm. with concerts uh, under the direction of the embassy, the uh, U.S. embassies that was in all those different countries. So uh, what a lot of people don't know is not only am I a gospel singer, musician, producer, composer, all that stuff, but I am also an ambassador of gospel music to the country of Russia, Turkmenistan, Azerbaijan, and the Republic of Georgia. I just don't talk about it. Okay, so stop right there. I need to pause. You just said a whole lot with a lot of countries <laughs> that most of us African-American Black people um, have not traversed to yet. So right. tell me, number one, just for those who may not understand, what does it mean to be an ambassador like well, basically, basically what it was that we represented the United States of America and went and taught gospel music to those countries. Uh, basically uh, doing master classes, uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, going to hospitals, uh -huh. visiting. Yeah, we did all of that. And at the same time, we had to sit and learn their culture. So they taught us a lot about what they do musically there. So know. that was the cultural exchange part. That was the cultural exchange part, exactly. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I am a, a, a learned person. I pride myself on reading. Where mm -hmm. might we find this information? Good question. <laughs> Google, right? Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, you know, you saw me writing, right? And I have it in your bio, but I have to write it again in my yeah, today's notes. The Rhythm Road. The Rhythm, it was called The Rhythm Road. Okay. But uh, It was sanctioned by the U.S. Uh, Department of State, however they say that. Okay. You know, we toured for 31 days straight. Wow. 31 days straight. And it was one of the most amazing opportunities I've ever experienced in my life. You know, I was ready to come home. <laughs> but it was, it was <laughs> that was 31 days overseas. You overseas. Know? So, yeah, yeah. And so you know, I was, was going to say, was, you've toured a lot. But had you ever been gone for 31 days, consecutive days? That, that, was, that was the first time I was going for 31 consecutive days. Uh -huh. I would always be toured and we'd get a day off or two or whatever. But going over away from your family for 31 days was like ugh, it was crazy but i enjoyed it it was a life it was a life experience would i do it again mm, yes. maybe not <laughs> 31 yeah. days i i mean it, it was it was tough it was really tough you know not being on america so and it was so so much that we had to learn because mm. you got to understand we was touring uh what you call them, uh, uh, we was the Middle East countries. You know, oh, once wow. we, left Russia, we was middle, Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan, Georgia. Georgia is right there on the border of Afghanistan, I think. Okay. So we, we could have been in harm's way too. Right, you know? right, right. So it was a lot we had to learn. Even in our interviewing and speaking, we had to know what to say, what not to say. Don't say too much. Don't talk nothing political. Right. You know, it's a we had to literally go to school before we traveled for about two weeks. We had to be trained. 
etiquette. Um, yeah, yeah, we had to be trained. It, it was very important that we do that. You, you know? know, it's like the saying goes, when they're wrong, you do like the Romans. Right. And so, Cara, that, that's what you got to understand. See, I said it right. Uh, <laughs> 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 but what you got to understand is that's why doing this type of interviews or any interviews uh, on in our country, on it's nothing compared to that. Because there we had to really be very careful about Indicated. what we said. Yeah, you had to be. You had because some, yeah, some of them, some of them will try to flip you and, and have you talking about stuff you don't want, you ain't supposed to be talking about when it comes down to our country. So we had to know how to turn you off. You, if you try to turn on on us, we had to know how to turn you off just like that. Yeah, yeah. We so literally you, had to be trained. You recognize the game when it oh, came to. They tried. Trust me, they tried. They tried us. They tried us. A <laughs> hot did. mess. A hot mess. See, and you know that's what I try to tell people. People, you know, young artists and new artists, they go, like, "I want to go on the road." You know, I want to travel. I want I want to share our music with the world. And they don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's not just about getting on no plane, getting on no tour mm -hmm. bus or whatever, right? It's mm -hmm. about knowing where you're going and how those people operate. So when mm -hmm. you get there, it's not necessarily that you fit in, but you don't want to stand out the wrong way. No, you don't, because you can get caught up. You can get caught up. We In, in another thing that a lot of artists don't really know when we were there it was certain countries that we was at it, matter of fact all of the countries we literally had to change words to different songs we couldn't say the name of jesus in no song wow like, I believe uh, it. We, so basically what we did we did traditional gospel music we showing them where it came from from the cotton fields how i got over uh uh, Jesus keep me near the cross. And that's one of the songs right there. We couldn't say Jesus keep me near the cross. We what had did to say, you say? We said, we changed the words to please Lord keep. Oh, wow. You know, instead of saying Jesus keep, we had to play. And we was doing it on like a beat. Please uh, Lord keep. Uh, we could say Lord, but we couldn't say Jesus. And yeah. that's the thing. See, we couldn't, we had to change a lot of stuff up that we couldn't have a prideful attitude about right. for the sake of ministry. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We knew who we were saying about, but because right. they had a different religion and stuff, we right. had to be, a, we had to change it up. We had to flip it. Well, you know, it's like we say in the church, you know, you know that you know that you know that you know, so. Amen. And they know too. Oh, that's right. You a PK. I forgot. You a PK, a preacher's kid like me, right? All the way through and through. God rest your daddy's soul too, my daddy's soul. You know, we're about to run out of time. I've been having so much fun with you. And uh, we just I'm, talking. Sir? We just been talking. Yeah, you know, that that's the best kind of interview there is for me because- but I told you it was gonna happen. Well, that's how I do most of my interviews because, you know, like you, now that I, now I see, now I see, okay. Mm -hmm. You are a approachable artist. Always you are an approachable artist. Thank you for that. And, you know, Not I mean, approach. I've been perusing, you know, your social media platforms and I, you know, I see how you engage with your audience. I tell people all the time and it's a practice that I have because I'm a people person. You, it's, mm -hmm. it's a, a good thing to be able to talk to folks, you know, and to, um, say nice things to people, inspire, encourage, whatever, exhort, undergird, right? That's what we're here for, especially those of us who are Christians. You and I, we can say that, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I love how you you not only just post something, put something out there, but then the people start commenting and I see you interacting with them. Right, right. And see, right. that's that's how them Williams brothers been around for how many decades? Yeah, we we don't mind talking. We 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 know who it's like. That's the discernment spirit, that gift that God gives you. You know who to chill with, and who not to. You know, uh, you oh, know who oh, to respond oh, to. Oh, and wait, oh, oh, oh. wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Wait, wait. See now you done turned the corner. 
<laughs> he said, you know who to talk to and who not to talk to. Yeah, that is discernment. And I'm serious. It, it it happens. You you know that spirit. Right. It connects, you know. If it's uh, kindred or not. That's right. Know the spirit, whether it's a God. Try the spirit, whether it's a God. And so you know when it connects or when you're full of it. Are you trying to approach me because you're full of it? So you're the one that I'm not going to back. I'm going to back up from, you right. know. But if you have good intentions and you're really just a fan or a, a supporter and you just genuinely want to come say, hey, I'm you, I'm there. I'm, I'm kicking with you. You know, we good. So what's next for you? Know. What's next for you? I mean, I know you have other music out there, um, you know. What's, what's next for me is I've been doing singles, 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 singles. And now I'm going to drop an EP where I got about five or six songs on one project. Okay, that's what's up. Is it going to be gospel? What genre? It's, it, it's, it's going to be gospel, but I have a few songs on there that's uh, love songs, basically. But any love song that I decide to do, God is in the midst of it, and God is in it because God is love. And anytime a Christian saint Whatever you call yourself, if you can't love your woman before you, or you can't love your family before you love the people out there outside of your house, you need to go and check yourself. Everybody knows when and I pull out I my specs. Words. When I pull I out spend, my I, I stand by those words. I'm, it's time for, for, and I ask God to make me that, that vocalist, that musician, that singer, to bring love back to the forefront, man. People, I mean... It's too much to, it, when, when there's too many divorces going on in the house of God, there is a problem. There's a problem. And I want to be one of those ambassadors to bring love back. Hey, man, come over here and worship God. When you go home, take care of your, your man or your woman. Hey. So if I can write songs to encourage the people of God to start loving each other, love your spouse, love your boyfriend and girlfriend, hey. Let's get it going. So God has given me some beautiful music that I'm going to put two cuts on that on that project. I'm going to give you this mic. You hear me? <laughs> I'm going to give you the mic. I ain't going to drop it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to hand it over through this to you. Why? Because <laughs> baby. Okay, no offense. When was the last time we heard an old Luther type of song? Uh, uh, Afraid of Jackson. You know, I think me and you, we know, right. I might be a couple years older than you, but we from the same era. What happened to Freddie Jackson, right. people, Bryson, you, right. you know, Lenny right. Williams? Where's um, all that at? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The soul has been put to sleep. Right. The soul has been put to sleep, and it's Bitch. time for it to be awakened. It's time for it to be awakened. I'm not knocking none of the music that's nope. out now, but if you can't reach me in my heart to make me treat my woman right, and we missing something. We oh. missing something. Luther made you want to love on your lady or your man. Shona. Yeah. Shona. Yeah. They they that those song Freddie Jackson and I was telling somebody them people were anointed for what they was doing because it's a lot of us who even wouldn't be here today had they not listened Teddy to me. Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass. Man, please. Love we need that again. Yeah, we need that again. I'm that sorry, but, but I'm sorry. But when I'm with my lady or anything, I don't want to hear Jesus keep me near the cross. I'm no. sorry, my bad. Hey, it's a time <laughs> and a place for everything, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I believe it, and, and how God told gave it to me. If if I be and, and I was very skeptical about say, okay, God, they ain't gonna like me <laughs> if I do this. <laughs> They ain't gonna like me because they know me from gospel, but they ain't gonna like me. And God said to me, Is it your desire to bring love back to the forefront? Mm, right? I say, yeah, it's my desire. He say, Well, just look at it like this. I am love. Oh. So all you're doing is bringing me back to people's hearts. I like that. So after I got that revelation, it was like, hey, you say no more. I know it's, it's divine. Good. I know it's all okay. Yeah, it's all good. I ain't worried about what nobody else got to say. Because one thing about it, even all the songs I've wrote so far, I am honoring God in these songs. I'm telling people that the love I have 
is a heart from God. Right. God gave me, and that's why I tell brothers now, and I'm gonna shut up, that if you want, if you're having a problem understanding your woman, you need to stop trying to be the player and start get your get start loving God. Let fall in love with God and let God love you back. And that love that God gives you, if that woman cannot feel God in you, then you ain't gonna make it. You ain't gonna do good. But it's when God gives us his heart. That's when that woman can see God in us and all the thing that God gives us to love her, God's going to give it to me and I'm supposed to give it to you. And if it ain't happening that way, it's going to be hard in a, in a, in a, in a, what a carnal mindset to really love a woman the way she's supposed to be loved. But when you love God, when you trust God, God is going to give you all the tools that you need to keep that woman crazy about you. I'm a preacher if you don't, girl, don't <laughs> Okay, so, you know, there's another (laughs) production that Cara Jones Unlimited LLC produces called the Lemonade Chronicles Movement. Mm -hmm. And we tour talking about relationships. So I'm going to need you to save that. Put a pen in that for me. I got you. Sir, put a pen in it, you know, because, you know, once this COVID-19 pandemic is over, I look forward to touring again and maybe you know just maybe one of them love songs you about to produce we might be able to you know put them on the stage so before we run out of time i would like to of course thank you again for so you know openly um being receptive to my invitation to be on my little podcast um in she ain't little, y'all. She ain't little. She talking about it. She fronting. What are you talking about? She got many followers. <laughs> no, no, no. And you know what's funny? A prophet's never welcome in their own home. They all overseas, most of them. All them ones that you see show up real quick when we post, they ain't on American soil. Right. I got you. I got you. But that's and you know right. what? I say that's cool beans. You know why? Because I... Um, knew that this company was going to be a global company when I mm-hmm. founded it in 2016. So if the mm-hmm. people over there are more receptive to what I'm doing than the people over here, hey, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jesus. Thank but y'all. You, you, you know what, Noah Cara, this is what, and everything you're saying is absolutely correct. Trust me, I feel you because I haven't gotten all the love in Houston that I, I feel like I could have, especially being from here represent, you know, but this is what I do remember. Not only is a prop is, is without on his own home, right. at the same time, it also says that charity begins at home. Oh. Then spreads abroad. So it's not about who loves you. It's about who you can love on at home. That's going to oh, make the yeah. door open for you abroad. You know what? So a lot of people, so a lot of people wonder, Dre, why are you always helping people here in Houston? You know, it, whatever. Because charity begins at home. I love all my, my Houston folk. And anytime I can bless somebody, I'm going to do it. That's just going to open the door for me worldwide. You sow and seeds? <laughs> you say what? You sow and seeds. <laughs> you say that called sowing seeds? Sowing seeds. That's right. I posted about that today. Look. Yes, sir. You did? So, you're going to sow, reap what you sow, and you're going to reap what you sow, whether it be good or bad, you're going to reap it. Absolutely. But if you sow bad, you're going to reap bad. I don't want to sow nothing bad. I didn't had enough bad. Look, we done missed the whole 2020. I ain't, <laughs> we, I'm ready to sing again. I'm ready to tour again. You know what I'm saying? Look, I'm trying to sow some good seeds. I need, I need to get back to work, you know, and a lot of other. And that's another thing. I, I, my love, my heart goes out to all the yeah. entertainers, the musicians, the artists that have experienced some stuff we've never experienced in our careers. A total shutdown. I oh. mean, and, and people like myself, this is our living. This is what we do. You know what I'm saying? We, we travel the world. We travel the country putting smiles and joy in people's hearts, you know what I'm saying? And and for us not to be able to do it, my hat, much love to all y'all. Y'all keep y'all head up. We're going right. to be all right one day. We're going to get it. So, so I just you are a full-time entertainer? Yes, I am. God bless you. I am impressed. 
Yes, I am. Now I got a few things that I do on us on the side. You know what I'm saying? I got my ain't got nothing my wrong hustle. with getting your hustle on. You gotta, gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Absolutely. <laughs> gotta do it. I got four kids. <laughs> Praise God. And those kids are blessings. That's a blessing, you know. So you maintain and you doing just fine. Now tell me and tell these people that's gonna watch and listen, view, share, comment, like, subscribe. How do they reach you to book you? How do what what can they subscribe to? You got a YouTube, you got an Instagram, you got a Facebook. What's up? How we reach you? I I have a bunch of entities, but uh, for us to get to Facebook, okay. you can you can reach me out on Facebook at uh, Dre Tate Music, Facebook, or my personal page is Dre Tate on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is. Uh, just Dre Tate, J-U-S-D-R-A-Y-T-A-T-E. And to book me, you can reach out to uh, my booking agent, April Ridley. Let me get it at 757-338-4462 or, uh, uh, Ula, what's the name of her, the company? Uh, she has She's going to get me. Right, J something. Yeah. JDK. JDK. JDK yep. Productions 11. Yes. Yes. JDK Productions 11 at gmail.com. Yes. That's it. That's it. Okay. Well, I am going to sign off on this Sunday evening. I thank you so much when you, um, you know, when this COVID thing is over, I think I owe you a lunch. I like steak. Porterhouse like is steaks. what I like. What about you? Oh, that's that's too much meat, right? <laughs> you don't eat the whole thing. Look, give me the ribeye. I'm good. Oh, a rib. Okay, we'll do them in the kitchen. Ribeye. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, no. Mr. Tate, Brother Tate, Deacon Tate, Preacher Tate, Singer Tate, Producer Tate, Composer Tate. Ah, ah, ah. All Thank of that, you. huh? Thank You're welcome. You. My pleasure. My pleasure. I enjoyed myself. Okay, well, y'all stay tuned because Unfiltered with Cara Jones Unlimited has a lot of exciting events, virtual events coming up. You know, we're still in this pandemic. And, you know, Mr. Tate started us off in 2021. We're most grateful for that. But watch my pages because I have some exciting announcements or coming. Y'all have a good day. Good evening. Bye-bye. Bye.